2022 is almost fully in the books for us, but before we go, we have a couple of final thoughts and a brilliant guest to help us put a bow on all the adventures that happened in this recent revolution around the sun. For the last time this year, let's get started with the podcast. Greetings from me, I'm Tom, AKA Mr. T. Looking forward to 2023. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, including a lot of new reviews and end of year recaps, and more for myself and the Pink Putter at a couple and on social media at couple putts. Find our course and whole design work at minigolfdesigners.com and merch at minigolfgoods.com. I'm Pat, the co-founder of the Minigolf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. I'm filled with holiday cheer, though that just might be cookies and booze at this point, and I'm looking forward, just like Tom, to kicking off 2023 and having another year of putting fun. You can find all of our penguin antics by looking for Putting Penguin on most of the major socials. We've been catching up on some reviews as well. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow the podcast mini accounts. Finally, since you're clearly in love with our podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts so we can finish out this year feeling happy about ourselves. And you know that this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. You've been hearing us talk about our scoring rubric and the tournaments we have coming up. Stay tuned on social media. We're going to give some quick pointers, more details on our virtual tournaments. If you go to amaminigolf.com, you can become a member for next year, get all the details, and maybe even pick up some merch. We have some cozy hoodies that, if you're in the northern part of the U.S., are perfect for this time of year. That's all. All right, so before we get to our interview, we've got a few brief things we want to go through, some news uh, from the year. Um, Tom mentioned a little bit we talked about in our last episode the updated scoring rubric for 2023 but we just recently put on the new section of the ama website a little bit more detailed breakdown there um, as about plain wording as we can get along with a link to the more details some examples Um, we're going to do a few social media posts um, maybe probably before you actually listen to this but they'll be out there um, on facebook and instagram live just Digging into more of that so that everybody's really clear on how we're going to do our rankings for 2023 and what the adjustments we made were from 2022. And we'll be taking feedback all year round, whether you want to write us at podcast or at AMA, we'll take all of it. I just wanted to give a heads up that on a couple of putts, by the time this episode comes out, you'll be starting to see a couple of year-end things that we're doing. Uh, this was like a big year for tournaments for me personally, so I'm going to do like a recap because I never did really any good reviews like Pat did over on Mini Golf News. Uh, I played in seven serious tournaments across the U.S., including our little AMA internal mini tournament down in Texas. I played in three seasons for Putt 18, a number of weekly walkabout tournaments, also the Four Nations Cup for Putt 18, and then also kept busy with, I think I played about eight events in our local Minnesota league. So it was kind of a busy year and I'm going to throw together a bunch of photos from all of those tournaments because I took tons of photos and videos and did absolutely nothing with them this year. So if nothing (laughs) else, 
I can feel like it was worth carrying around my phone and documenting it. And on that tip, of course, we also, my wife, Robin, and I played or visited about 60 courses in 2022. Where our backlog of reviews is kind of painful and we're going to be just knocking them out in the new year. We're working on them during our lovely sub-zero weather here, but had a lot of favorite new courses that I played for the very first time in 2022. And I wanted to shout out the Red Putter, which is going to get mentioned later in this interview. Matterhorn, which also gets a shout out in this interview and is a phenomenal course. Arts and Rec that just opened in Minneapolis that just right to my heart where the first hole in the clubhouse is a functioning record store. It's amazing. The first hole is a record player and it spins Mini Agartharin in Iceland and another one in Connecticut near Pat Farmington. Those were a couple of my favorites. And I even threw in some honorable mentions because there are so many good ones. It's a mix of super new courses and really old courses that were fantastic. And one final note, listen to the year end 54 problems podcast. Pat and I both made some cameos on it. I don't know that they actually announced us by name in it, but they said very kind things about us. They gave us a chance to talk about what we loved in 2022. And we think you should just Give it a listen because Andrew and Simon and company are a delight to listen to in their musings on mini golf around the world. And before we get to our interview, going to do a very quick ad read for our friends at Putt 18 from down in Australia. You know it. It's an interactive putting mat game that is a sensation in our world and in the mini golf world that you've heard us talk about many times. You can roll out this carpet in the comfort of your own home and practice and improve your putts while having a lot of fun. If you can get in before the end of the year, there's a discount mini golf hyphen 20 that you can use over at putt18.com.au that will save you 20% and includes free delivery to get your putt 18 mat. So order now and you can take part in our first virtual event of 2023 for the American Mini Golf Alliance running from January 13th through the 21st in the Putt 18 World Pro League. Again, we'll have more details coming your way. Once you get that mat, you can also just stick around after you play in the AMA Virtual Tournament for the ninth season of international play. And you can putt when ready. Okay, today we welcome to the show, all the way from the Chicago area, Jeremy and Nabinet. As we'll get talking about in a few minutes, Jeremy had a great year in the world of mini golf in 2022. We're excited to hear about everything he did on Team USA, the Masters, Pop Stroke, and all of the other places he popped up on a mini golf course this year. So first of all, welcome, Jeremy. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. And I'm going to kick it off with, uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before we record, as always, but one of the things, you know, I've obviously played in tournaments with you over the years, but I would say Tom and I really didn't get to know you well until probably last year, where I know Tom, you played some rounds with him at the Masters, but you mm-hmm. joined us at our wonderful little side tournament that we had at Mount Atlanticus, and we had a great amount of fun at that final round and everything, and um, I know we've talked to you a lot after that, so we're going to start off with just, you know, 
give our listeners a little bit of background of who you are, where you're from, how you managed to end up in the world of pro mini golf. Yeah, absolutely. A funny story, right? Because as a kid, I think a lot of us that play mini golf is like, I love to play as a kid. I, I just love to be on the course. It's something that just drew me to it. I grew up in South Carolina and uh, really on the putt-putt courses in Augusta, Georgia is where I would have to go play. And I would go out there anytime we were in the area, I'd want to go play birthday parties. Like that's where I wanted to be uh, all through high school. If I had a, a date or something like that, we were going to play mini golf uh, and I loved it. And being from South Carolina, we would vacation a lot in Myrtle Beach. Um, my cousin, so my uncle was a well driller and there was a well drillers convention that happened at Myrtle Beach every year. <laughs> and I would get to go on the trip with my cousin randy and it was in myrtle beach so we'd go to myrtle beach and we would play miniature golf and one of the places i played one year was at the hawaiian rumble mm -hmm. and um so i remember playing there and then later went to um when i was in college i also went to school in south carolina and spring break one year we went to myrtle beach and played at the hawaiian rumble again because it was an attractive course. And I remember walking through there and seeing a sign um, that talked about the masters of mini golf and it talked about a course record. And somehow that memory got buried in my mind until I was in my late twenties, maybe how, however old I was in the, around the year 2009. Um, so in 2009, this memory popped up in my head when I was at work one day and I was like, miniature golf masters i wonder if that still exists and i googled it and i found that there was indeed this miniature golf tournament that was played and there were other tournaments they played so i'm living in chicago at this point in time working at loyola in chicago and a tournament was coming up in branson missouri um because mm. there was a tour there was a tour that happened at this point in time right so there were several places you could go on the tour and you would get points for showing up the places and you get rankings. Um, so I convinced my wife, I was like, I want to do this. She said, sounds like fun. So we drove from Chicago to Branson, Missouri to the Grand Country Open. And that was my first miniature golf tournament in April of 2009. And if you've never been to Branson, Missouri, it's a phenomenal place. <laughs> it's If you've ever been to like Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Branson, Missouri is the equivalent of that, but geared towards senior citizens. Um, so <laughs> the whole Moon River thing, all, right? Uh, like, was it a big deal? Andy Williams. Yeah. And um, so dinner specials at like five o'clock. Um, <laughs> and I remember at the Grand Country Open, it was an indoor miniature golf course, which is fantastic because um, you could set your lines on the course based on the shadows um, from the lights because they never changed. You'd be like, if I hit it down the shadow line, like it's going to go uh -huh. boom, straight in. And um, while I'm playing miniature golf, my wife is um, reaping the benefits of staying at the Grand Country uh, Inn, I think is what it's called. And they had... Um, cat show um that you could go see so they had this person that had trained these cats to perform live and so she was in there watching this with again it was about 50 people in their 60s 70s um but at this tournament i i show up i don't know anyone uh and then i think maybe 
20, 30 minutes into my experience there, I had a, a group of friends. Um, so this was nice. this is where I met Tim Talley, George McLeod, uh, Astra, uh, Matt McCaslin. So they were there. They asked questions like, who are you? What? How'd you hear about this? And then it was like, hey, let's show you where some of the shots are here. You know, we've played here before. And, and then we're hanging out. We get to know them. They're like, you've got to come to the Masters um, in October. That's the big thing we do. And that's really how I got into it. Um, so I would hook it with them. Um, Astra a good bit because she lived uh, in mm -hmm. the Wisconsin, Milwaukee area. Um, and so I played the Branson Open that year. I played in a the Prairieville Park, which was up near Waukesha, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I played in a tournament in Ohio um, and then ended up at Myrtle Beach and then continued from there so that's really how i got into that and i haven't looked back since i love the well drillers convention as the origin story oh. of mini golf that that's a good one <laughs> i still have uh some pretty sweet trucker hats from that convention <laughs> that i'm sure would go for a pretty penny on ebay <laughs> i am super curious when you mentioned astra that i know that I believe she had something to do with like a training complex for mini golf in Wisconsin that I'd found online where they had like an Eternet course there. Did you ever play that? I did not. I'd heard about okay. it as well. Uh, there used to be a course like that, uh, a similar course behind the yep. Hawaiian Rumble yep. um, as well. And I know some of those elements from that course mm -hmm. are now in the uh, above the in the upstairs indoor course at uh, Aloha. Hmm. But I never got to play on it. Um, yeah, that's one of my great regrets because when I played the Open in 2004, I'm pretty sure that course was still behind Rumble. But that was my first like major. That was the first year I really did a lot of stuff, and I had no idea like what this thing was behind Rumble. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure I'll play it again at some point. And now it's well, I guess I technically have played some of it again playing the upstairs course. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this was a pretty big year for you in that not only did you have some really good finishes, but correct me if I'm wrong, this was your first time representing the USA on the Wagam team. That is true. Um, I qualified for the team for 2022. And that was an incredible experience. So it's one of those things, and Pat, you could talk about this too right i don't think you really know what to expect going into this um you have some idea you're like i've played miniature golf i know what this is but this was on a whole different level right uh and finland uh it's never been on my list of places it's like you know a place i'd like to go in my life finland sweden yes i had to do a project about sweden when i was in the third grade and ever since i've wanted to go <laughs> to see how accurate uh, my world book encyclopedias were about Sweden, but Finland was a, a nice surprise of a, a place to visit. I think when we were there, um, I remember getting off the plane in the airport and it was about 1030 in the morning and the airport was dead. Like there was no one there. The stores weren't open yet. I was like, this is strange. And I went to the bathroom to wash my hands and use the restroom. And there's a sign by the sink that's like, our water is so good. You should just drink it from the sink. And I was like, 
that is strange. Like I would <laughs> never drink from the airport sink in a U.S. airport. But they're like, yeah, go for it. And I was a little skeptical, um, but eventually I did it. And I was like, this is fantastic. So my first experience was this phenomenal water that I had in the airport bathroom sink. And then then trying to get you know used to the time change and stuff like that. And uh, I got there a few days early so I can explore Helsinki. One of my other great passions in life is roller coasters. I am a mm. huge roller coaster enthusiast. I'm a member of the American Coaster Enthusiast. And I knew there was a theme park in Helsinki. I was like, I got to ride some of these rides while I'm there. So I explored the city, went to the amusement park in town, did that. And then Tim Talley flew in um, the next day and I met up with him. And then Vinette and Rick, our other two teammates, came in later that evening. And we rented a car and drove from Helsinki up to Kupio uh, through the night. And so far north, it's always strange because the sun never set. It just kind of mm-hmm. made it right about to the horizon and rolled around it and then popped back up. <laughs> um, so daylight all the time. But we got to the hotel, which was a fun experience and trying to figure out how to park and things like that when stuff is and finish. And you're like, I don't understand what this means. Um, but the next day we got to the course and some of the Finnish team were there. Uh, Marco was there. He showed us around again. So you have that same hospitality, like here are people I've never met and we're going to be competing against them, but took the time to say, Hey, I'll walk you around and show you the course. And, um, so showed us the course. And then um, Rick has a great connection with people in europe and so he's like i've talked to someone they're gonna be bringing some balls for you all to to check out so tim and i have never played before and so we didn't have any of the european balls i had put some rubber on my putter um at my mom's house uh my dad has all this sanders and stuff so i had a piece of rubber that i molded out and to put on my putter and taped it on there so i was like i'm good to go with this but i hit all these golf balls with it. None of these miniature, uh, these European balls. So they took us around and then Sandy um, takes us over to the trunk of her car and opens up the trunk. And then it's like, you're doing like a a shady drug deal in the parking lot, right? They're like, (laughs) come over here. And they, she pulls out this huge suitcase looking thing that she unzips and lifts it up. And they're just like, like a hundred, of these miniature golf balls in there and they're all different and these she'd played the course many times she's on the the finish team as well and was like here's the ones that you're going to need for this course um and basically there were only a couple so we needed a, a clicker and a dead ball for sure and then a, a miniature golf ball so we got a couple of those and took them out of the oh and a glass ball too that was a strange experience it's a lot of fun. You have to talk to Tim about this. There's one of the holes where you have to use the glass ball, and um, he put down the wrong ball. And so his clicker looked very similar to his glass ball. Oh, and no. If you ever looked at the, the difference yeah. in weight is significant. Yeah. Um, so he hit his clicker as if he were hitting the glass ball, and it was like <laughs> oh, <no>. rocket time, right? <laughs> yeah. Sent um, three holes over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, whoops, that was different. Um, in the tournament, but, you know, play? getting a no, 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 oh. just in practice, Oof. thankfully. <laughs> yeah, so we got accustomed to that, and and then so getting used to the balls, um, getting used to the time change, the climate was a little different. It would be 
sunny and then it would rain for like a minute and then one day it was frigid if you've seen any pictures of the video mm-hmm. um, we all had to go to the the giant sporting goods store to get more clothing because i did not bring enough warmth for that experience um but um the other thing with the course itself beautiful a city golf course like mm-hmm. it was it just pristine like it was beautiful the facility was fantastic um the hosts there they were phenomenal uh, i it, it couldn't have been a better experience i don't think um and then of course the other teammate i didn't mention frank frank had a little bit of an adventure actually making it to finland um with the covid restrictions he had played in in he was in great britain before that playing in the the crazy golf tournament mm-hmm. And just was going to fly over, but um, somehow his his vaccination card wasn't. He hadn't gotten the the dose within the the right amount of time. Too much time had lapsed, and so he actually got stuck. I didn't think he was going to make it, but somehow there's a workaround. You can get into Sweden, but you couldn't get to Finland. So he and Sevi flew into Sweden, and then took a ferry from Sweden to Finland, and then from there took a bus or a train um, from. The ferry to where it was i expected to see him like come parachuting in out of a plane into the <laughs> wow the lake nearby but yeah but um it was great uh the the um facilities we stayed at were fantastic the lodging um but this is one of the moments you find out like how different things are um for us as americans versus the europeans so they have clubs that are set up where they have these super cool matching uniforms um mm-hmm. they're not paying their way to do this like as americans like i footed 100 percent in that bill um myself so that's my your transportation your lodging your food your clothing your equipment your balls a bag to put these balls in whatever you do with their putters um your practice fees uh, it, so all of that stuff like that's on you for them they qualify for their team and then all that's paid for um so that you're like well that makes a big difference and i i think unfortunately that that kind of pushes maybe some of the 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 players here in the u.s out it's like well i can't i can't flip that right so even people that would be fantastic um on those courses are great for the u.s like it's just not feasible related to that i was going to say let alone work schedules time off that oh, yeah. Europeans have compared to the US and then the travel I think we had talked about that in the past if you take a look at someone like Wade who was down in Texas who went all the way up and played up in Sweden that is a crazy long flight versus someone coming from the UK it's it's like me going to yeah. like New York City it's like oh I'm going to go to New York for the weekend I guess you know I'm going to go to Sweden for the weekend well even me like we talked about on one of the episodes like Wade, we're from the same country, and his trip to Sweden was almost double the length of time <laughs> mine was, and that's yeah. that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it, and for what it's worth, related to that though, like it, coordinating that stuff as well, right? Like just trying to figure mm-hmm. out, it's like like we're on the same team, and you know, Rick and Vinette and Tim and, and Frank and I talk to each other, trying to figure out like, well, when are you leaving? How are you getting there? Um, and I know Tim and I tried to coordinate some as like, should we try to be on the same flight? What does that look like? And 
at one point I was like, why don't you fly to Chicago and just fly with me to Finland? Cause I'm pretty comfortable traveling um, with myself. Um, but I've never been to a, another country alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so flying into Finland and getting out and just trying to get your bearings. I, I remember getting to the, um, to the customs area and the customs agent asked me if I was there for business or pleasure. And I think I said the wrong thing. Cause I said business. Cause I was like, well, I'm here. I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm here to play the world adventure golf masters. Right. Um, I said, uh, you know, business, I'm playing in a professional miniature golf tournament in Cupio. And he says, well, let me see your invitation. And I said to myself, I don't have one of those, but um, <laughs> let, me, let me see what I can figure out real quick. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I pull up my phone and I'm throwing it through and I was like, I, like I said, here I am on the list because I was on the list for the tournament, right? Like I didn't mm-hmm. have like things like welcome. We we request your presence in beautiful Kupio, Finland, RSVP, um, if coming. But my name was on the list, and so I was able to show that to him, and then he let me into Finland at that point in time. Um, and so I told Tim, I said, Tim, I was like, FYI, like they asked me for my invitation, so make sure you have like an email or something, document or whatever. And Tim says, he's like, well, I get to customs. And I'm like, you know, what are you here for? And he says, a miniature golf tournament. And then the customs agent just laughs at him. It's like, oh, <laughs> miniature golf? That's for little children. You grown man. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> I was like, I wish I could have been there to experience. <laughs> Clearly had different customs agents. Um, so he got in a lot easier than I did because they were like, that's hilarious. Come on into Finland. Um. <laughs> oh, that is too much. I, I I wish there was a video of Tim just getting oh, laughed at by a oh, custom person. Oh, you're here to play mini golf. Like, I'm shocked that they didn't give you a similar reaction. Like, I'm here on mini golf business. It's like, what are you talking oh, no. about? My agent was very serious. Like it was very serious. Um, I was thinking, I was like, how, like invitation. I did not think this through. Um, I was like, maybe I have an email. I don't know. I was like, oh, it's in my other bag. Let me go get it. And I just go write something down real quick as I'm drinking bathroom water and uh, bring it back to the agent. <laughs> Here it is. It's fantastic. Uh, but the tournament itself, I'll say, I'll say this, like you want to talk about a well-run operation, like those, like, uh, and again, Rick having connections, you did like, we met all the officials, we ate lunch with them for several days. Um, so we got to meet some of the, the people that were running the tournament and get to know them. And it, like, they say, like, I got a tea time, right? It's like, your tea time is like 10, 11. And it was 10, 11. And I was like, you're ready to go. Um, and going out there. Um, you want to talk about nervous, though. I can tell you, I don't think I've ever felt as nervous as I was on the first tee there. And they give, yeah, and they give you the option. I was like, do you want a practice shot mm-hmm. or do you just want to go for it? And I was like, well, everyone's taking this practice shot. I'm going to do this as well. And I took my practice shot and got my ace. And I was like, oh, fantastic. And my next shot, I almost hit it like out of the hole. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Like this is, and then I'm like, oh, okay. And then the, the second lane there is uh, 
it was a tougher one. You're like, okay, I got to get this. If I don't ace this, I got to put it in a good spot so that I, I have that familiar second shot. And it got whacked. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to reel it in. So I don't remember what I shot on my first round. It was 30 something. Um, but I was like, Rrr. but I know at the beginning of that second round, I was like, number one, I'm not taking any more practice shots. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to first shot. <laughs> We're going with it. And then I kind of got into that groove, right? Uh, to feel from there. And I think that second round ended up shooting the lowest round of the the team, like 27. So 26. That's the lowest. 26. 26. I got it up in front of me. <laughs> wow. Because I, I knew you shot I, well, and I was I wanted to pull up what the actual score was. Yeah. Just crushing oh, it. I was feeling it. And that that course, like every one of those holes were aceable except for one of them. Um, yep. One of them, everyone joked, is like it was the double ace hole. Like you had two shots you had to make. So you had to make yep. two aces on that hole. Um, but every other one, like you could get an ace. And in that round, like I was feeling it. Tim was like, he's like, I could see you across the course. He's like, I knew something good was happening because you were just like, you were beaming. Like you, I was like, and I was, and I was feeling it. And I think that experience really helped me out so much um not just that round but uh i think too often when i play like i, I have that doubt in my mind as like oh i'm not the best player oh i'm here to have a good time like if i have a good time mm-hmm. then that's great um but it's one of those things that i started envisioning as like it's like i actually am a good player and i was like i can win things i was like but if i don't see myself doing that and tell myself that i can then i'm not gonna do those things um and so I started talking to myself a little different related to that. And I think that's what really kind of moved me more through this year um, than I've seen in the past years for myself, at least. And I have a high expectations for myself for, for this upcoming year moving forward as well. I think that was, I had a very similar takeaway from my time on Team USA, right? Because you get there, you've had many years playing pro and you get this opportunity and right, you're blown away by it. As much as, you know, Rick has told a million stories leading up to it, it just pales in comparison once you actually get there and you're like, oh, wow, this was really all this stuff. And then you go out and shoot around like my practices were terrible in Sweden <laughs> leading up to it. And then my first two rounds, I went out and shot 24s which were close to the lowest on the team for those two rounds. And I was like, oh, all right, I belong here. <laughs> I'll, I'll take this away for the rest of my life. Um, but that's, I mean, it's great that, that that came through. I was interested, the one other thing before we get off of Wagam, um, what was the opening ceremony like there? Because I don't think I saw a video of that. Oh. I saw the closing ceremony and stuff, but what was the opening ceremony? So we went to the town square and all the countries were represented and we all had a flag. and. They lined us up um, in, I don't know what order we were in, but it was in an order they had decided. <laughs> and we walked through the street, around the square to the the town, the town center. Uh, I don't know if it was like the town hall or what it was, but it was this beautiful building that we went inside. Um, and the mayor of the city was there. The owner of the course was there. And they did a welcome. They had hors d'oeuvres um for us and we did a champagne toast and it was it was fun we all took turns it's only five of us on the team this year even though we can have up to 12 right so only five people went and so we all took turns carrying the flag so we could all get pictures with that so that becomes a fun fact for me whenever i do (laughs) things with uh i do a lot of work with college students and 
so at times it's like, no, let's have a fun fact, whatever. So my new fun fact is like I carried the U.S. flag representing the U.S. in an international sporting event, right? Uh, and I can talk about that, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And I try to talk to as many people as I can about this thing, right? Like you let me know that, that this exists, that it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I had like, I would say grand ideas as I was like on the team, like I'll reach out to some people, we'll get some sponsors, we'll have some money, whatever. And the tough thing is a lot of those individuals you reach out to are like, oh, you you must be a not profit. And you're like, no, and they're like, well, we're not just going to give you money. Like we, we'd like some tax benefit or something for this. So I got a lot of no thank yous uh, from that, um, which is like, oh, well, we'll ask. And I think I mentioned we did get some donors. I don't know who I I know. I think Pat, you gave some money. I know that I'm I, I people yeah. contributed. The, the AMA yeah. in general contributed. Yeah, and so that was appreciated. And then we had several people that gave money anonymously. So we had people that funded. I think all of our practice was paid for by someone, which was nice. Um, nice. We got a couple of meals um, for some people in there, um, which was nice as well. Um, but I, I, I'll say one thing, and I thought about this before coming to talk to you all it's like the atmosphere at that like if you play in one of our tournaments the open or the masters like it's very quiet right it's almost like you're playing in a library <laughs> but you're playing in wagon like there's it's like you make an ace there's like cheer like excitement and that was different i was like well these people are making noise like what is happening here <laughs> um and i was like I'd like to do that myself. And so you just kind of let your excitement emotion come out. You're like, that feels really good um, to be able to, to just let that. And it was energizing uh, to do that. And I was like, this is fantastic. Um, and I tried to convince the team. I was like, we need like a team word or something. So one of us does something like we can just scream it out. We can all just scream back this thing in there. And we never came up with anything. I joked because there was, there's like a sauna every like four feet in Finland. I said, we should just yell out sauna. Like every time we do something fantastic, uh, didn't catch on. Um, but uh, it, it was nice to see. It's like, oh, this is not only is it okay, but it's almost encouraged. Um, and just seeing that team camaraderie was, was really, it, it was just something really nice to see. And I think overall we ended fifth as a country. Um, which we came behind like Finland, Finland, Sweden, and Austria. Uh, I was told as long as we beat Great Britain, then we were good to go. Uh, <laughs> there's some kind of American streak related to that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our good drinking friends at those tournaments. But uh, no, you're right. right. The, the, the team aspect is that was the part I also wasn't prepared for and how, how much that shows through not only us and right there, the other teams. And then we get to the end, like, um, you know, our year was the first year they did the, the mixed doubles and, you know, Robin Ventura and Nate ended up winning gold, but like they had to ace out the last six holes to tie, to go to a playoff. And like, when you've got the rest of the team there chair, I mean, it it was a, much more of a basketball football, you know, type atmosphere at that point. You're like, wow, this is why mini golf is exciting. Like not right. Not the everybody yeah. quiet and and do that. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. The opening ceremonies, it's, it's so great. It's um, puts every other opening ceremony I've ever been to, to, 
to shame. Not that it takes much sometimes on, on those aspects. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Any, anything else about team USA before we talk about all the other great things you did this year? No, it's, it's, I give a shout out to Bennett. She was the one that brought, uh, a medal home for us again. Mm -hmm. So she's been pretty consistent in her division related to that. And so you want to talk about somebody that has like the miniature called goodwill. Like it's, it's her, right? (laughs) She knew everyone and everyone knew her. And it was, um, it was actually like being with a celebrity with like her and Rick, right? <laughs> you're like, well, this is helpful. And then, then I think we kind of built our own relationships and I, I'm still in contact with some of the people that we met over there and, and I'm sure I'll be in contact with them in the future. And hopefully I'll be on the team again in the future and, and get to experience again, more stuff. But it's one of the things that, like you want as many people to have that experience too. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things you're like, I want to have this all the time, but I'd also like, other people to have this uh and so like how do we do that and like people have that because i I think it would go a long way some year some year i do (laughs) not i there is like a certain status of playing in that tournament that i don't feel like it's going to be like a year or two like i even though i play a lot it's, it's one of those things mentally i feel like i have to like be at a certain point to be there just because of all the stories that everybody shared that I don't want to like completely bottom out but also like be feel like I belong in that experience well and I think that's where it's important you know Jeremy you mentioned we only sent five out of potential 12 you know we need to build that 12 back up because Mm -hmm. you you can make a team and that third team that's you know whether you want to call it a developmental team or an expanded team you know you've got that room for that plus you have room which we really don't take advantage of much for coaches too right like teams can have two coaches and again there's expense and all that but there's opportunities like that was one of the things i thought about in the future you know obviously i'd love to make the team again but even making space for that like i'd go and coach not that i'm better than any, a lot of the players would be on the team but just having that person there who's got all the charts got all the balls out like knows you know th- this and just to be the person to stand there when you just want to take a minute and talk to somebody because you know you want to make that putt like i think there, there's a lot out there we can do and i think we'll collectively we'll find ways to to bring that back up for the u.s in the coming years yeah and sometimes all you need is that one bit of positive reinforcement right yeah like have something like what are you thinking this is going to do like i'm thinking it's gonna if i go outside left and like well make that stroke and then like all right i just have a friendly face watching i mean in, yeah. in 2019 like olivia just showed up to come watch the team at that point and and, and apparently kindle her flame for wade and start that whole thing which good for them but like it was just nice having somebody who was there like walking around and you saw them and they were like yeah clap for you when you made the shot even if you weren't talking to them so good stuff there but speaking of you know opportunities to make the team we should talk about your master's experience because you know did pretty well there too yeah i had a i enjoyed my master's experience this year and i i joke every year that you know how we do the three courses and you find out usually the day before, like what your rotation is going to be. I get the same rotation every year. I start <laughs> at uh, Aloha and then I end up like um, going to the 
what is it rumble and then pineapple whatever the no it's like pineapple, pineapple yeah so it's like aloha pineapple then rumble um and every year i was like ah. i was like i would like to start at um i like it so that i would love to do aloha just that one day right just on friday where you mm-hmm. play your rounds take your mm-hmm. break and you come back and you play the round everyone plays and i feel i was like what feels like like the best in there because you're in there you're set you're ready to go so you're not having to like switch two courses that day uh, never happens um so it's the same draw again this year and then my um first round uh at aloha was good and my second row hand was better and then my third one was i was like this I was like, this is a very good start like i i'm feeling it i'm getting in there um and i used that same putter i used in europe so i mm. kept the rubber face on uh and because i was used to that i've been practicing with it a lot so i was like i don't want to switch yeah. back to a putter and i used the same one in a tournament earlier that year as well and so i kept that and i was like all right this is good and uh, i think one of the big things i try to do is like oh, i avoid the the big numbers the mistakes and i did i exceeded my goal for the year which was good um because that's something else i hadn't been doing i hadn't really been setting a goal for myself and I was like, I do this in all the other things of my life. Like, why am I not doing it when I'm going to tournament? Like, like here's the minimum area I want to reach. Anything above that is great. Um, and then I think I had the one bad round I had for myself was at um, Aloha, the, the one round everyone does there. Mm. Um, I had a great playing partner and doing well until I got to hole 12. And then I just kind of had bad experience on 12 and then i uh i forgot what other hole i had a bad experience on but then like i ended up like out of bounds twice because of a bad kick up a rock sometimes you hit the line you want and you get there and then it hits right between the cracks on those rocks and it pops up it goes out and i was like well that was not expected (laughs) um so to deal with that i think twice that round and i was like what is happening um and then I also lost twenty dollars to uh to Gary Hester uh, on that course, so that was a negative experience of myself too. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about our side bets and things from there. What was? The but bet? I remember practicing. And, well, Gary, yeah, you know Gary, like he's yeah, a trickster yeah. and a funny guy. So <laughs> we were, I think, we were practicing at some point in time, and his whole eighteen, and he plays a shot where he goes up past the the tiki on the left and and okay. plays it that way so he doesn't play off the, um and he oh, goes yeah. he says five dollars like four to one odds or like like for me if i i ace it making the bank shot and like he hadn't been hitting there i was like I'll, I'll take that sure i'll take your five dollars and he hits it and it goes like right in the hole and, I was like, <laughs> so, and then i got suckered into it again later like like I guess a, a day or two l- later, like maybe at the tournament, he's like, I'll do it again. I said, like, there's no way you're going to do it again. And then I was wrong. <laughs> he did it again. So tournament turned out well, enjoyed it. Um, and I think a, a lot of fun we had after the tournament. Uh, so Christian and Patrick, um, to our mm. friends from Austria, they're actually they'll be hosting Wagon um, mm-hmm. at their course there. Uh, Tim and I met up with them after the uh the closing ceremony and played a couple rounds on the course together with them and made up some games. So we were playing alternate shots and then um, you could choose the T spot for the other pair on five of the holes. Um, Whoa. 
Yeah, which was a lot of fun because uh, Tim and I were going to be playing in um, a pop stroke tournament as a team. It was like, mm-hmm. we should, I don't know, try out this alternate shot stuff. And um, so we bet them a dollar to only one. Uh, <laughs> so I had them sign it. So I have a dollar with Christian and Patrick's <laughs> signatures on it hanging up in my office um, to, to experience that. But uh, there's two fantastic people, too. Like, here two people that like you, mm-hmm. I briefly met um in finland they come to the masters and they come bearing gifts right so they they brought uh golf balls like so uh and uh christian gave me like uh five golf balls he's like here i brought these um they brought some, some amazing austrian chocolate hmm. and it's just the the camaraderie right it's like hey yeah. like we remember you all and and i just want to to give you these gifts you know like that how nice, right? Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the Masters this year. I had a good time. Um, didn't quite make it. Uh, I think right at the end there, um, who was right above me? It was uh, 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 Jeff. Jeff Moss was right there. And I think mm. we were battling out right there for a few places there then, which was a lot of fun. Um, but a good time. It's always fun when you're not playing in the early morning hours. <laughs> at rumble before the sun comes up. Yes. Yes. I got to do play by play. I remember, I don't know if you went and watched the video of me doing play by play and you're like, you're like, Ooh, it's like first shot. First time, you know, like really getting in the mix on the rumble in the afternoon. And your first shot was well short. And I had watched several people before that. Uh, yeah. I watched several people before that pick up threes from a much shorter distance. And you made it in your face. It's just like you had that look that you get where you're like, oh, pleasant surprise look. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was. Yeah, I hit it up that hill on five and I made it to the top of the hill and that was it. And I was like, wow. I was like, I didn't get any of the roll down or anything. I was like, well, this, this is going to be a fun shot. Um, but I had that that I had that chart in, um, from a practice round where I hit something and it stuck up there. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, the, the book says this is what we're going to do. And I don't, and, and that's something else I have to tell myself too, is to trust what I write down. Um, yes. Cause at times it's like, I was like, like inside left. And I was like, this does not look like it's an inside left shot. And you're like, oh, I, I think I did this wrong. It should be right. And then you're like, no, like you spent all this time practicing and writing this stuff down. Like, why else do you think you would write it down if that's not the thing that it does? <laughs> yep, you wrote it down for a reason. Trust the book. Oh God, I've done that so many times. The hardest <laughs> game is like against yourself and your own notes. I I've done that so many times. I was like, there's no way. Oh man, I wrote it down right. Like, why did I think I didn't write it down right? Maybe I thought I had too much sun or. I got my lefts and rights wrong sometimes. Like, there's times where I have stepped up and it's like, I wrote, I'm starting on the left side here. I swear I've been starting on the right. Like, that one note that you get wrong, all of a sudden you question every other smart thing you wrote down. I did find out one year, I I, I think when I first started playing at the Masters, I still have all my old shot books. Um, I was writing the way the ball goes when you hit it. And then one year I was writing, the way the spot I should aim. So those are the complete opposite, right? And so somehow in the tournament, I switched my books. Um, I thought <laughs> I was using the book that I was like, you're supposed to aim here, but it was actually the book that I'd written things where the direction the ball was going. And I was like, 
was like everything was wrong. I was like, what is happening? I did it. I did that not as a full <laughs> book, but it was. Uh, I think it was the one in Hendersonville, the U.S. Open. There was like four holes where I was just I was reading it backwards. I had wrote it where to hit it, but I was reading it as if that's where the ball was going. And I yeah. threw a bunch of holes. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like I wrote it. I always write up the same way, but for some reason, I don't know, hot out, heat exhaustion. Who the hell knows? Tired of playing the course at that point. <laughs> And I find myself like making abbreviations and stuff. Like I get to hold and be like, like LPRS. And I'm like, what the LPRS? What is LPRS? So like, what is, I was like, what was I doing where I was in such a hurry that I could not just write out what this means that I would write down. I was like, oh, I'll certainly remember what LPRS means in the future. That's funny. But yeah, so your finish at the Masters this year was your best finish to date, correct? And wh- remind me where you finished. Yeah, it was. That's a good question. Like 28th. Okay, I was going to say 27th or 28th. As we're going through, I'm like, man, there's a bunch of stuff I should be pulling up like ahead of time, like a good researcher. But luckily, you know, we talk a lot. So I was able to pull up the score. Of course, I had to pull up the scores from our own website, not Pro Mini Golf, because good luck finding them (laughs) over there. But uh, yeah, 407, I think, was your final score. Yeah, that sounds like a good, like next year it'll be even better. I'll say that much. Like I, my goals now are like, I've set my floors and now we're climbing to the ceilings um, is what I'm trying to do in the work that I'm doing. Nice. And I'm curious because this is now your first time also playing in a pop stroke tournament. So I'm curious to get your feelings because you played in both the doubles and the singles event. I actually only played in the doubles. Um, okay. Tim, again, Tim Talley called me. He's like, hey, like, have you, are you doing this pop stroke thing? And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And he's like, because we played in at a pop stroke when we were at yep. the U.S. Open in Florida um, two years ago. Yep, the one and I was like, well, was a, Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I was like, that was a fun course. And he's like, well, they're doing a tournament there. And it was already sold out. And my first thought was like, why is Tim calling me to play with him? I was like, whoever is better than me that has already said no to him. Like, where am I on the list? And he's like, no, he's like, he's like, I want to play with you. He's like, we practice, we, Tim and I practice a lot together. And so we, we play well together. Um, and it's a really enjoyable time. So I was like, okay, like we'll do this. So that was a fantastic experience. Like the facility was amazing. The people were amazing. Um, the tournament setup was unbelievable. It was warm, um, but I mean, it's Florida. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the the entry fee at first, I was like, whoa, $250. That's a, okay, that's a commitment. Um, and then it was like, there'll be a hundred teams. And then, you know, this is how it's moving forward. We'll take the, top half and then you had to learn these two courses and the different formats but it was great i was i felt super relaxed they play current music right so it's like the uh top 40 whatever we call this now pop music and so great songs out there good atmosphere um and again like you could be excited uh, and enjoy what you're doing and show that enthusiasm and Tim and I finished, I think we finished like 17th or 18th out of the 100 teams. Um, we were fantastic on the, because you do, 
you take like uh, your best shot like like i play the hole he plays the hole and hoover scores best like that's your score or you do that for two rounds then your third round you're playing alternate shot which we grossly underestimated how hard that is uh, we practice a couple times as this um, and we had to go through and figure out like who's going to start on the odd holes and who's going to start on the even holes. Yep. So we went through and we thought about it like, all right, who has basically an automatic ace. If you have an automatic ace for one of these holes, like you want to make sure that you're on the tee for that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was one hole that Tim was like, he was acing it every single time, like no matter what. And so we're like, we want to make sure we get you on that one. So we get that ace. So I started, with the odd holes, he was doing the even holes. It is a strange experience to have your first shot on a hole be your second shot, right? Mm-hmm. So someone tees off, and then your first shot is their second shot. And you're like, okay, like I, okay. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get to feel a stroke on this. I didn't do anything, but I haven't, I, I should know what this ball is going to do. And um, I think we ended up with, something in the mid forties. Uh, our goal was to shoot par. And it's like, if we shoot even par, yeah. we'll, we'll like, we would have been like top, top 10 for sure. But yes, I, I felt pretty, what's the word dejected. Is that even a word? Right. Like mm-hmm. coming off of the of the course yeah. there, we're like, yeah. uh, uh, there's a picture of us on the pop stroke course. Like I think they were taking a picture of the facility and we happened to be on the side of the picture, like coming <laughs> off the course after that round. Um, and I'm looking at the scorecard, like adding the numbers up and like, are we sure this is correct? <laughs> um, <laughs> are we sure this is right? Um, but that was an interesting experience because we, we got there on, I think the tournament, we probably got there three or four days ahead of time to practice and the Swedes were there. And so, um, we picked up some shots from them. So me and Tim and Gary Hester and Rainey, mm-hmm. um, all stayed together and, and, hung out together doing that. Um, but there were people that showed up like team people that had really never played in a miniature golf tournament before they showed up like the day before. And then they were like, Whoa, like this, you guys are taking this a lot more serious than we thought you were. Um, but, uh, we did everything we could to tell, um, the people that coordinated like how fantastic it was, how much we loved it. Uh, and now they're doing a series. Yep. Again, this year, um, they're actually doing a point series that starts in yep. Orlando in January. So I'll, I'm actually going to that. Um, so I'll be that playing in the be singles. My next question. <laughs> tournament this year. Absolutely. Um, I would have played in the singles this had I, um, I, I played that black course extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. And the red one, I did well too. And I was even trying to figure out, I was like, can I get in now? But had I, I think I could have played like, because there were people that didn't show up. Had I been mm. like hanging around the course that morning when people didn't show up, then I could have kind of slid in. But I was like, I'll just focus on the double stuff and go from there. But uh, Tim and I are planning to do the team events again this year. Nice. Um, but it's a lot of time that we'll be in Florida. <laughs> I was like, we need to just get say. an RV. <laughs> To drive around the state, like the people that live in Florida have a distinct advantage in this, right? Like oh, one, say. they get to practice those courses, but just getting to the stuff. I mean, it's it's not a, a short flight from Chicago to no Florida, let alone anywhere else in the United States. If you're a West Coast putter, like that's a that's a super long flight. And if I'm correct, I think by the end of the year there'll be nine pop stroke courses i think there's going to be like 
five or six of them total in Florida and then like two in Texas. And is there going to be two in Arizona by the end of the year as well? I think so. There'll be one in, I think, Scottsdale and yep. then, uh, I don't know because the, the year end final is going to be, be in at Scottsdale the facility yeah. in Arizona. So that we know. So right now there's only two dates. There's January, February for two of the, mm-hmm. the, the tournaments for singles play. And then there'll be the other dates. They'll announce them when they're ready. Yeah. And the word seems to be that the bulk of the tournaments, which makes perfect sense, will happen in the first half of the year when the temperatures are below 100 degrees because you're in Texas, Florida, Arizona, June through August. You might as well just, I don't know, learn how to play in a sauna and go back to Finland and put in saunas. (laughs) They're putting one. Yeah, it was warm in October. That makes sense that they're putting. Oh, they are building a pop stroke in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled up. They actually have their 2023 website up now. um, That's got, it's got Orlando and Fort Myers, and then they don't have the dates yet for points, Port St. Lucie, Tampa, Glendale, Sarasota, Houston. And then they're talking about with other openings in 2023, including Delray beach and Las Vegas, they're going to be adding future events. So um, nice looking site that they got set up already. It is a good site. The, the they had uh, scores that would walk around with you to keep score for you, which was great. Um, they kept us hydrated out on the course, like with water and thing like that. And, um, they had a couple um, uh, rules officials who were walking around that you could ask questions of, and uh, and then the courses, like what's phenomenal, right? Like they were just the the grass there is beautiful, and it's just so much fun. Like it was a a great, great experience. I'm hoping that these satellite tournaments, these tour stuff, like they fill up too. I think right now, the last time I checked, there were about 50 people signed up for the, the Orlando mm-hmm. um, experience in there. And there, some of the names that we would know like um, on there. So def- there's uh, more mini golfers on there than we saw at the tournament itself. Uh, so I know Tim Rainey, me, Gary, and then um, Nate Nichols. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. Frank Frank is on there, mm-hmm. and I had a few other people that um, weren't there before will be there. And I think there's going to be a good contingent of people from overseas. We did a yeah. live thing with 54 Problems, and there were a couple people from overseas in there. And Sevi said he was going to be at Orlando. Sevi Kukielka from the UK, yep. and I believe uh, Eddie from Sweden had said that they were going to send a handful of people already over for Orlando. So it'll be cool to finally get more international players coming over. I think it's just so much easier where even if you have multiple courses, if they're in one location, it's so much easier than in Myrtle Beach. You really can't do the Masters without a rental car. It's Or having access to some car. I know Aaron from O Street did it one year where they were like Ubering between the courses and that just sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it's a heck of a mini golf list. I just pulled it up that's got listed. Brad Lebo. Oh wow. Um Danny Tatum, Frank, Gary English, Gary Hester, Gary Schiff, a lot of Gary's. Uh Greg Newport, Gunnar, Hans. 
John Powell, John Ventura. I mean, it is a line. Randy Reeves. That's a lineup of mini golfers in Orlando coming up. Randy was the other person I could. He was also uh, down there with us when yep. we were in uh, Sarasota. I was going to say he was featured in the in the video that they or in yeah. the the program that they made on the Golf Channel. It's funny yep. they uh, I I'd commented this on a uh, the Fifty Four Problems. Uh, podcast we were going as a group and I think it got it didn't make the cut but I found it so strange that the edit was half of all of the groups so like they showed all of Rainey and then like as soon as they were moving the mic over to Gary Hester it was like just like immediately cut it (laughs) off and it's like here's Randy Reeves and it looks like they're gonna show Nate Nichols and then they don't and here's Frank Bassesi and he's playing with Seve but they mentioned his name, but they literally didn't show him in Florida. It was a interesting thing, but the hope is, is if this relationship with the golf channel, which seems to be going to be something going forward, that they're going to really give some shine to these pro mini golfers that a lot of us have come to know, hopefully over the season, yeah. if they're competing a lot. Yeah. And you got to think like that's their first time doing that. Right. Yeah. And so trying to figure out like, how are we covering? So taking what they were doing, the MSOP, which is like in one spot um, and trying to say, how do, how does this translate to 18 holes to really figure out what's going on? But they had, I mean, they had cameras up in the trees that they had um, yeah. put stationary to, to capture shots. And then they had people following around and just really trying to understand like, oh, okay, how do we, how do we get this going? But I, I thought they did a great job, and it was yeah. really enjoyable. And it's nice too because that facility, because they have the restaurant there. And I, you know, I know I listened to the episode where Aaron was on, and he talked about a lot of this stuff too. But it makes it easy for you to practice and go sit down and and, yep. and rest and have a meal or, or drink or something, and then get back on the course. And then there's a central spot in the middle where you can grab a water or something that you need to be out on the course and. Like you said the heat, I think would, I mean, it was warm in October when we were there, like to the point where you're like, I need to stay hydrated. I can only imagine how it would feel if it was Ugh. June, July, August this does not sound like an experience that I would want to have, but <laughs> I would do it. Anything for the mini golf. <laughs> Speaking of which, so what does 2023 look like for you? Because now you have a full slate of pop stroke tournaments the USBMGA has added this new event in February, and they're going to have the U.S. Open, Carolina Open in South Carolina, along with the Masters. And one of the events that I bumped into you uh, last year was the Red Putter, which is a little bit closer to home uh, to where you're based in Chicago, up in uh, Door County. So are you you just going to like be playing mini golf like every weekend, or like sort of where is your head at for? What's the big decisions you're going to make in 2023? Uh, that is the big question, right? It's like, how do you manage this? Because it's not only playing in the tournaments, it's also having time to learn the courses because yeah. those pop stroke places, like, like, I don't know. I've never played on those courses before. Um, and I, I tried to scour the internet, like what videos can I find of people playing in these courses? And you find some people that have played them and, they're not doing it to show you a shot. So they're just, you have a yeah. sense of it. At least I can see what the lane looks like. Right. Uh, so I can have some visualization related to that. The nice thing is I, it looks like they're only going to be playing the red courses 
Uh, so you don't have to learn one course instead of having two, like we did in the mm. um, in Sarasota, which is nice. But yeah, just trying to manage that out, and then then kind of mapping out. I was like, all right, if if I'm in Orlando playing, can I also drive down to St. Port Lucie and practice uh, if I stay an extra day to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, as I have a nephew that lives in Tampa, like maybe I can stay at his place and and borrow their extra car right to to get to this spot mm-hmm. all right how's it look here i've got some work i've got to do um in orlando like can i center that around so so there's been a lot of like moving pieces related to that and it, mm-hmm. it's nice that um like with the uh u.s pro mini golf with the like you said the carolina open and the u.s open you're like well that you can get in two tournaments together there yeah um he's still waiting on details related to that and they're starting to figure out, it's like, okay, like how far out can I book an Airbnb for things to stay? Um, mm. And then you start to look at like, what's my cost going out? What's my potential cost coming in? Like, how is that going to balance out? Um, and then you think too, is like, all right, if I make it into Team USA, like that is also a chunk of time and, and money as well. So I, I think the positive experience from Popstroke has put that um definitely on the list of like it's like yes i want to do that because it's a higher buy-in but there's significant payout related to that so it's like i feel i could recoup some money related to that so that goes in the equation and then i the the guy that's helping with the the sports betting stuff for um the us pmga um like i actually talked to him when i was in myrtle beach like i because he was a new face and mm-hmm, so I was like, well, I'm going to introduce myself to this person and like, how are you? How are things going? And um, we were at Pineapple and we needed to go down to Aloha or the other tournament. And and transportation wise, like he was going to get it. I was like, you can ride with me. Like, I'll give you a ride down there. Yep. Like, let's, you don't need to pay for this. And then that's how I got to meet him. And I was like, oh, I was like, you're actually doing this stuff. Well, that sounds fantastic. And so he was talking to me about how they're going to set things up and get it going. And it was a really positive conversation. And I was pretty excited from that point. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. So I would, yeah, I've talked to him and said, like, yes, I'd like to do the tournament in February there. That's going to be an interesting schedule, right? Because you've got to play in one of those six days yeah, um, and make the top two to be invited to play in the final day uh, of Which 12 is like related to six that. days after them. So you really have to commit to like a full week just to compete right yeah and then in between that is a pop stroke event on that (laughs) as well wow yeah so you've got um and so trying to figure things out i was like all right i could fly to myrtle beach and then meet up with tim and gary and then maybe we could rent a car and drive to um fort myers um like I could play in the thing in Myrtle Beach and then go to like Florida and then do that thing. And then if you make the finals in the Myrtle Beach piece, then you just go back and do that thing. And then it's like, well, I'll book two tickets on Southwest and one if I do well and one if I don't, because I can <laughs> always cancel those tickets and have that money for later. So I have lots of scenarios going on and pieces of paper with charts and things going on. I was like, if this, then that um, to go from there. But um and I have a very supportive wife. And so I was like, here's the thing uh, with this stuff going on. I was like, I don't know if I should, she said, do it all. She said, just do it all. She's like, yeah, wow, that's something that's going to make you happy and you enjoy it. Um, she's like, you should do it. Um, and I was like, well, all right, then I appreciate that. So uh, I'm going to 
do everything I can do. This is one of those times when it'd be great to be retired, right? Because you're like, oh, absolutely, I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make that stuff happen. But I also have a job, and I want to remain employed as well. So I can't like just leave my job for uh, three months and be like, you know, I'll see you when I get back. I got some mini golf <laughs> to play. Um, so managing that as well. Um, but I see a lot in my future for this year related to that. To be fair, I've been trying to get my job to pay me to go play mini golf for, for a living. Well, I mean, they be. pay all these other pro golfers. My cost of living would be a significantly lower amount. <laughs> they haven't bitten on that yet. The kids part would be the hard part. The kid, you know, you got to be home for the kids stuff every once in a while too. Yeah. Um, Tim was joking with me. He's like, uh, the Wilson headquarters are in Chicago. He's like, you should just stroll up in there and be like, Hey, I use, cause we play with a, a, a duo soft, um, when we play at pop stroke, he's like, you, you tell them that you use those golf balls and that they can, you, you'll, you know, take a sponsorship from them. I was like, I'm sure that would work out swimmingly <laughs> um, from there, but you never know. Right. You never know. Um, maybe a thing. I'm happy to wear a Wilson. I think I have a, a hat somewhere that I could wear that says it on there, but you got to think that, if the if the sports betting thing takes off and there's this like you got to think that the thing to follow from there would be sponsorships and what does that look like like who's mm-hmm. going to want you to have things on there so that when these people are betting on you that they see this promotion so what is that going to look like um related to that and hopefully you know that goes far like i have a lot of faith in, in jared from what he was talking about and uh, i'm pretty excited that like bob got what he's looking for related to this and hopefully it goes somewhere from that but you know like with anything it's got to start somewhere and you'll see where it goes uh, from there but i'd love to do what i can to help be supportive uh of somebody that's trying to to make a go of something yeah it's going to be an interesting uh big year for mini golf in 2023 and uh i have a feeling we're going to cross paths with you a few times so uh Hopefully I see you at the red putter again. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite tournaments we play in. Like if you've never been to Door County, Wisconsin, like you're missing out. Like uh, it's beautiful up there. The people are super nice. That tournament has been going on for, this was the 20th year of that tournament. Mm -hmm. So 20 years it's been playing 71 players uh, they have there. Now, granted you have a, an interesting mix of individuals there uh, from like children, probably what, like, nine ten years old all the way up to people Definitely. in their 70s 80s right from there um, and a lot of families that vacation in door county will center some of their vacation around coming and playing in a tournament and being there but tracy and chris do a phenomenal job yeah. with that like their hospitality is great and it is like a it is like one of the like a nascar event right it's like green white checker whatever it is like it is there is no room for error at that course and it is the deuce putts there are a nightmare and so if you're not ready to make some deuce putts then you are out of luck but it's always nice if you're you have a bad round you can always try to shoot for that little round and get the the nice hundred dollars to take home with you it is i think it's a tournament that everyone should try to make their way up to like it's what it's a low entry fee like i don't even know it's like 30 bucks or something to get in it's if yeah that. it's super cheap and there's donuts to kick off the day and a chicken like yeah. dinner afterwards and you're done by noon and there's free practice once you get a qualifying yeah. score and i 
I can't say enough good things about it. I actually just bought a screen printed poster that I saw a really awesome screen I saw print that. artist in Chicago had made. I had no idea he had made one for Red Putter and ordered it. And then they threw in like a bunch of extra goodies in with the poster and they're like, oh, I hope you have a great year. And it's like, this is why I really like these people. I, I'd shared stories of joining in on their like local sort of secret league playing late at night and just the vibe around that course. It was, it was so much fun. I, yeah, honestly, it's, if it's like you have one option and cost doesn't matter would you do the masters or red putter and i'd be like i'll do the red putter i just i had so much more fun in that short period of time like it didn't feel as much like this arduous thing and there was so much wild energy going around there were kids that were like knocking in these wild putts it's like you get these moments i'm gonna do worse than this kid he just made that crazy shot and then you look oh he's like way down it he also got with that ace like a six on something or whatever and you know i i love that the second hole that is the the swinging pole like that that's in play and that like tim has a nickname from the swinging pole because it's so <laughs> diabolical but also it, it it brings in that element of just this is what your average person thinks of with mini golf in kind of the best ways possible. And it it's that I think is also a piece of Americana, right? When you think 100%. old school miniature golf course, like here's this thing that I'm pretty sure they built themselves that's been sitting there. I think the it's five or six dollars a round uh, to mm-hmm. play. If you're under like 10 years old, you're free or something. And it's and it's just there and like it's just centers around a lot of people's family vacation. They love to come to this thing. It's, it's memories that they're, and I, I love, like, I love it so much that one year I could not find a hotel room because you need to book things early. Number one. Yes. So I couldn't find a hotel room. And so I was put on a waiting list at the state park for a campsite. And one opened up like uh, four days um, before I needed to be there. And so I, I was like, oh, I, I love to camp. And I so I took my tent and threw it in the back of the car and slept on the ground on the tent so I could play in the tournament. Uh, and then the morning before the tournament started, um, it's about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I hear a rumble outside. And I was like, what is – I go outside and walk through the woods, and you can see across the bay, and there's this – massive storm coming across the water. So I sprint back to the campsite to rip my tent down. And I was like, I can't get this thing wet. I can't put a tent up inside my condo in Chicago. I was like, if this thing gets wet, it's going to be mold city forever. And I'll just throw it away. Um, And so I throw it in the back of my car and just sit in my car um, while this crazy storm comes through. Um, But I was like, that's the last time I'll forget to book things in advance. (laughs) That was a great life lesson. Um, my body cannot handle the ground uh, as it was at that point in time. No, yeah, you will. You will be seeing me at the Red Putter. There are two tournaments that I've mentally committed to this year, one hundred percent, and it's Red Putter and World Crazies in the UK. 
It's like a weird, a weird stretch between them, but just like the spirit of both seem awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll plan. Well, I hope you're on... playing your uh, AMA tournament that you're doing this uh, putt eighteen or the. Oh yeah, the, well the, the AMA about <laughs> the AMA tournaments are without a doubt all the virtual tournaments I'll do, and we'll have we're gonna end up having three in Minnesota, and I'll obviously play in all those. And I'm betting we'll probably play another two or three and. Those will probably be the top of the priority list and probably the one that Pat hosts at Matterhorn will, you know, move high up on that list this year just because, I don't know, that it's such a fun course and one of my favorites of this last year that it'd be fun to kind of mix it up and try something new. So we shall see. But uh, that course and tournament is on my list. Like I've never been there, but the pictures you post look make that place look amazing. And I really fun. want to be there. It's, it's such fun. a good mix of like obstacles and makes you feel i mean obviously the switzerland thing like it's got that like orlando myrtle beach like it wants to be a big mini golf but it's distilled it down but the putting except for the one hole that's that ski slope that's a little just all luck is like very pure tournament putting and so like you you really don't get it, it looks like you should get all these random things but it's like no i mean i feel the same way i would on like rumble on pretty much all the holes it's straight putts and stuff and autumn does a great job yeah as an owner of that core i mean similar you know it doesn't have quite the length of the history but certainly the passion of like wanting to show off something that's really cool and loves the fact that everybody comes and plays that tournament uh it, like i said it's on my list my last name is swiss and so i was like oh this seems like a place i should be oh, perfect like, <laughs> yeah exactly well awesome well i think uh we're gonna have to check in with uh, Jeremy later in the year and see which tournaments he ends up deciding to play. And we'll be following the results to see how he does. So Jeremy, thank you for joining us on this eve at the end of 2022. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I, anytime I consider on a talk mini golf, I'm all for it. Hey man. Now for a shout out to our second sponsor today, it's Walkabout Mini Golf, which as we've talked about many times is the best VR mini golf game out there. You can play with people around the world, real time, have conversations. And if you have it, you are all set up to play in our second virtual AMA tournament of the year in January. Uh, We are very excited to see that a lot of our friends got Oculus headsets around the holidays. A lot of them have downloaded Walkabout. A lot of them have realized now how Tom and I spend many of our uh, hours during the cold and dark of the winters in our various sections of the country. Uh, There's a variety of ways you can play it beyond the Oculus. That's the way that most people do, but there is some cross-platforming in there as well. You really just need a solid Wi-Fi signal and a about an arm's length of space all around you so you're not hitting stuff with your virtual mini golf putter. But either way, it's super fun. There are a ton of courses out there. They keep releasing new ones, and they've been having a lot of sales on their downloadable content lately. Mm -hmm. So if you do get it, quickly go over. They'll probably still have a sale going on by the time you listen to it, and make sure you've got enough practice in hand because we want to see you do well in our tournaments this year with Walkabout. Can't talk about it enough. I played a little bit last night on the original Gothic card because it's like their pseudo Christmassy theme in a medieval dungeon, (laughs) which is just like to the heart of my uh, stylings at home. And it was great. It's fun by yourself. It's fun with other players. Go out and get it. And for the last time in 2022, 
we're going to close out the show with Big Thoughts Mini Golf. And I wanted to close out the year with something grand and poignant and decided to search online. Bad idea. There are a lot of cliched inspirational quotes out there in general, but especially when it comes to sports, competitiveness, and working hard. Based on this, I encourage you to come up with some absurd quotes for the new year to help show off the more playful side of the game of mini golf. Something like, sure, you could get a hole in one, but why not try for two? Yes, I finished second in several different tournaments this year, and maybe that's not the best advice in the world, but I'll be damned if I didn't have a bunch of fun along the way. So if you're not last, you're first. I don't know. It's the last big thoughts for the end of the year. I'll let Pat finish it off. And with that, we're at our final 19th hole of 2022. So until next time in 2023, putt one ready. I really phoned it on that one. (laughs) It wasn't much worse than the one I did last episode.
three. Great. Twenty twenty two is almost fully in the books for us, but before we go, we have a couple of final thoughts and a brilliant guest to help us put 